remember when I put on my first fitness challenge. It was my first year in business, so I had very limited amount of time and a limited amount of money. But at the same time, I wanted to do something exciting for the club. So I put on a, I would call it a bare minimum fitness challenge. In today's podcast, we'll talk about the different types of challenges that you could put on and how each type is a little bit more involved than the previous one. Now there's different returns and different engagement levels that will be required of you for each type of challenge so you can choose which one works for you. And then we're gonna go over step-by-step the major steps to put on a bare minimum, relatively easy fitness challenge that engages your community and re-motivates your clients. Stay tuned. Fitness coaches, get more clients by learning the secret techniques successful trainers and gym owners are using to grow their business in person and online. Create multiple streams of income by training clients online, selling challenges, and growing your membership. This is the Fitness Business Secrets Podcast, and I'm your host, Christy Oshita. I've built two fitness businesses to about a half million dollars each by improving marketing, sales, and operations. Let's grow your sales and your clients. Hey, Fitness Business Secrets listeners. Before we get to the show, here's something I've been working on. I love a maximum of four people semi-privates because to me, it's the perfect balance of intimacy while providing a community feel. It's a good number because it feels valuable to only have three other people in the session so you can charge enough, where in the case that only two people show up, the revenue for the class is still worth your time. So how do we price online semi-privates with a maximum of about four people? Okay, so we're gonna get to that during the break. Stay tuned. Hi, fitness professionals. So I'm excited that you're joining me today because we are gonna get into some nitty gritty on how to put on an amazing fitness challenge. If you're not sure if a fitness challenge is for you and for the resources, time, help that you have, you can listen to my other podcast, my the other episode that I'll put in the show notes where I talk about if a fitness challenge is right for you. I think a fitness challenge could be if you're a fitness studio class instructor who teaches yoga, boot camp, kickboxing, or a personal trainer who does one-on-one coaching, or a nutrition coach who also does one-on-one coaching, even if you coach online. In fact, if you coach online, you should definitely do a fitness challenge. So this episode is going to be all about running a fitness challenge, and we're going to focus on one specific type, and I think in the next episode we'll get to two other types of fitness challenges to run. So I think the first question is, okay, this sounds like a great idea. How much time does it take to run a challenge? So it's true that it does take time. It's also true that you can run a challenge that is not as sales focused and less time, less time, resources, money. But if you do want maximum return and maximum sales, then you should definitely do a more robust challenge that includes some bells and whistles here and there. But let's say we're just starting out and I always believe start where you are. So if if you wanna just run a basic challenge and just see how it goes, I think that you'll still see a lot of benefit for your fitness business. So with anything that we do resource-wise, it's either going to take time, help from other people, which 
probably is money unless they're your partner or your girlfriend or boyfriend and working for free. So it'll take one of these things. And my goal is to try to make it as simple as possible. And you can decide what you want to include in your challenge. So there's four different types of challenges. Well, types or levels of complexity, I'll call it levels of resources that you can for each type of challenge. So there's the bare minimum challenge, which is you can guess is a bare minimum amount of resources. You put the challenge on whoever joins. Great if they don't. And, you know, everyone's excited. Hopefully you get some new signups, but it's you, there's not a lot as much work required to from you, the trainer to during the challenge. Next is hands-on coaching challenge. So this is going to be something where it's more hands-on because you're going to do everything in a bare minimum challenge, which I'll go over what that would be. But you also do a pre-challenge coaching session, uh, about 30 minutes. You do, during the challenge, you do check-in calls, maybe a few text messages. Does not have to be daily, but you're kind of always checking on them, making sure they're doing good. And then at the end, you do a post-challenged coaching session. So that in total could definitely take an additional one and a half hours per challenger because of the, the pre and post coaching session. But in that episode, when we go over it, it could be really beneficial for your business. And then the third, the next level of complexity or resources is the meal plan kit challenge. So that's where you do pretty much everything in the bare minimum and the hands-on coaching. But in this version of the challenge, you are giving them a meal plan. So you're telling them exactly what to eat, um, what to eat for breakfast, lunch, snacks, dinners, grocery list, recipes, everything. And it feels very foolproof. From my experience, those are one of the best challenges to get the challengers excited and see results. So we can kind of talk about that and that it's going to be in the meal plan kit episode, which we're just doing bare minimum today because I really want to get in depth. And if you just want to start off with a simple challenge, we're going to talk about that. Now, the fourth type of challenge complexity level, we'll call it the fourth challenge complexity level. I think I just repeat myself is automation integration. So you're doing everything in the bare minimum. You also have hands-on coaching. You're, you're checking in, in with them. They have a meal plan kit. And in addition, you do like an email software that automatically sends them an email or also a text message daily to keep them inspired. And that's really useful because oh, we do get challengers do get discouraged and you know they don't hear from you one day they don't see the other challengers they start to wonder if it's worth it someone brings home pizza but if you have that email it's a nice way to really keep them in the loop and connected so those are the four different levels of complexity with bare minimum being the most simple hands-on coaching being a little bit more time intensive meal plan kit because you have to put that all together, definitely more resource intensive. And then the final thing would be using some type of software. And when I, we get to that episode, I'll talk about how to use some free softwares to make that happen. It's just that even though if you have it automated, you'll still want to write those emails and text messages ahead of time. 
so that they're all ready to go. And then during the challenge, all you have to do is focus on coaching and getting everyone to that end finish line. All right, so we went over the four types of complexity that your challenge can be, and I encourage you to even start off with a bare minimum, so we're going to go over what that can look like. And I'm going to warn you, some of this is going to sound like a lot of work, but some of it is actually really simple, and I've thought, I've set up this challenge so that it's actually not a lot of work during the challenge because you're not expected or setting it up as if you're doing a lot of check-in and of course you can do mixes and matches you can do a few check-ins or without a pre-coaching or post-coaching I just think that once you get into a more hands-on coaching approach for your challenge you're going to start to reap benefits of more sales and the point is is you're you want to understand where do they want to get to and you want them to commit to where they want to get to with the hands-on coaching. And that means you need to spend a little bit of time one-on-one with them to really understand what they want and let them know that you're going to sit down with them again. And those two points really create a lot of accountability during the challenge. But I, I did mention, right, it does take time. So let's talk about doing a bare minimum challenge. You know, maybe you have a lot of challengers in your challenge and you don't have time for that. However, one note is that if you really want to do hands-on coaching the you and you do a lot of one-on-one clients, you can include, you can charge them for that coaching session, maybe a lesser amount just or you, you price it so it includes those two half-hour coaching sessions. But... Let's start off with, sorry, I'm getting a little off topic. I get, I guess I get a little excited. Let's go back to challenge setup one, the bare minimum challenge. So with any challenge, no matter what you do, we always need a theme. So we're not going to call something just, woo, guess what? We're doing Christie's fitness challenge. We have to make it exciting and we have to, people want to see what are they going to get out of it at the end. You know, are they going to have major abs? Are they going to drop 20 pounds? Are they going to, you know, feel totally refreshed? They want to know that they're, in my example, I'm going to say, let's pretend they get buns, guns, and abs challenge. So we can guess what they're going to get. They're going to get some tight booty. <laughs> I don't know if that's, if that's offensive. Like they're going to get uh, arms and, you know, biceps and they're going to get abs. Or, and that's what we're going to focus on. The second thing you need in a challenge is a time length. So I really encourage including that time length in the title of your theme because it makes it feel like it's not as bad. (laughs) You know, they're not committing to forever. No one wants to commit to, uh, I mean, unless you're getting married, (laughs) because to forever, oh, you know, you're going to work out forever on your buns, guns, and abs. It's sort of like, wow, in 21 days, I can make this happen. I guess it feels realistic or possible. So now the third thing, which might feel debatable, is a success manual. For example, you would call it how to get buns, guns, and abs in 21 days program. Now, I highly, highly recommend doing this. And even if it's just a three to four page, and if you have to make it even just two pages front and back, Something where you give them very clear guidelines that you believe in that matches the challenge on what to do because people, when they, they might know in con and 
thought, oh, yeah, I shouldn't eat sugar or, yeah, I shouldn't eat pasta. But that's different from don't eat pasta, no pasta, no sugar or no cake or no eating, no eating uh, after 8 p.m. Those are very specific guidelines and and that success manual is them taking you with you um, on exactly what you should and should not do and they're going to take that more seriously and all and they're going to focus on those rules even though that they may know those rules but now it's easier to focus on what during the challenge so a success manual even if it's one page that's you know bare minimum but if you can do three, Five pages, it's better. And if you can even, you know, write a real 10 page guide on what to do, that'd be great. Also, a success manual can actually be more than just nutrition and more than just exercise. It can be health and life and, and habits, you know, sleep early, deep breathe, meditate, very much lifestyle habits that definitely will help them be more successful in living a healthy lifestyle and making changes. Hey, thanks for listening. It's time for our quick break. When I used to run my gym in New York City, we charged between $25 to $35 per session for my semi-private classes with a maximum of four people. If you do online training and you're targeting your current clientele, I would suggest two options. Use the same pricing as the one-on-one pricing where you give them the same thing and then offer them a bonus small group class. Or if you want to get new clients, then maybe between $15 to $35 depending on if you're including you know, the Immunity Boost Challenge, how much support services you offer, and if you're targeting a high-end or middle-range client. $35 can definitely be the solo price if they buy one session and then 20 to $25 if they buy a package. But of course, change it depending on how much you're able to increase the value, your clientele, and if you're including specialized such as immunity boosting programming with it. Once you get your semi-privates going, you wanna make it sticky so these clients stick around. At the end of the show, I'll talk about how to keep your clients engaged and keep coming back. Okay, back to the show. I've done a lot of manuals where we talk about food prep and talking to your family, cleaning out stuff from your kitchen. So make sure to have that success manual and make it clear that that's something that they get and it'll create a lot of value for your challenge, even a bare minimum challenge. Okay, number four. This is an absolute, you just have to have this. And I didn't have it in my first challenge. And I think if I were to say, just do these few things at the minimum, if that's all the time you have, this is one of them. And that's a poster to track everyone's progress. I think it's like 27 and a half by 36 inches, something like that. So this is a large poster. Do not use a letter size poster. Do not think a legal piece of paper is going to work. You need to get a very large poster board that you can either buy from, you know, even a CVS in the, I think, craft section, and it should fit on the back of like a door. And what you need is you need lines across for each person's name, and each column is going to be either day, week, or habit, or something achieved. So, or it could be, yeah, it could be weight. 
on a weekly basis, depending on how long your challenge is. This is so everybody can see what, how everyone else is doing. It creates that sense, yes, everyone is working hard, so I'll continue to work hard. Also, there's a sense of uh, competitiveness, depending on how you set up your challenge. And there's also, also a sense of satisfaction. And when the person maybe comes in to sign up, they can put their weight there or their goal there, and it helps them feel responsible for that goal. So that is one of the best ways to keep the energy up with minimum minimal amount of time resources. Okay, so the next thing you want to do is have posters in the club or your community that you put up. Uh, of course, if you want to use something like Canva or something to quickly put together a sign for your new challenge, calling it 21 Day Buns, Guns, and Abs, and you are invited. I, lo- I love to say the word you are invited. That's one of my favorite words for marketing and especially fitness where people can feel a little excluded. So make sure to have some type of poster and at the bare minimum challenge, you can reuse that poster for a flyer as the social media post and just keep reusing that same graphic poster. I definitely think you should put your face on the poster and make sure it's black and white. And then when you put like, so to make it black and white, the best thing to do is not to use too many photos. You actually want to make it very outline based and and not a lot of gradients so that it looks better and it doesn't take as much ink if you're printing it on your printer. But then I know I mentioned putting your photo. So I'd say just just only put your photo and everything else should be more like not photos, but but more like vector line drawings on the on the poster. Number six is your pre-challenge start uh, launch workshop. So this is a workshop where you go over how the challenge works and how to be successful. Even if you can't prepare a ton and you use your success manual as the outline, then that's enough to put on a decent launch workshop. Part of the reason why a launch workshop is so helpful for your challenge is because, well, it, it makes them forced to, to take the time to read the book that you put time making and they see all the other challengers there and it, and they see the names on the board. It's very, it's a celebration milestone. The, hey, we're really starting this challenge and the energy and camaraderie of everyone will really make it feel more real and I, they'll definitely increase their commitment level for the challenge. Even if you do a short seven day challenge, that's, it's still useful to have and you can make it Uh, You can, if you're an online coach, you can make it an online webinar and to make the webinar or even the in-person workshop feel relatable and connected, start off with everyone saying their name and what their fitness goal is or their name and a favorite exercise. Then in the middle of the workshop, you can have everyone go around and say, you know, what are they unsure about or what's their biggest fear in putting and going through the challenge? It's incredible giving someone the floor to open up and giving them permission to open up when they probably think they don't want to. But that little thing, it really, wow, it gives them this source of adrenaline and now they feel responsible. They now feel heard. So that's a great way to make a online webinar feel alive and to spice up an in-person workshop. 
Number seven is challenge premium packages for signups. So for example, if you have three different challenge specials, put them on a, a worksheet that's maybe use a graphic similar to your flyer poster. So for example, it could be $599 for 15 half hour fun, gun and abs personal one-on-one training with you. And then you can do a $1,299 package and maybe a $199 package. So there are three different price points. And if they sound like they really want to get started, you can start there. This way, you don't have to sit there computing things. Or if someone's helping you out, they have reference of what the upgrade packages could be. So number eight, in addition, you want to have posters that specifically promote the different packages. So something like, hey, check out the different challenge packages we have or put it on Instagram. Hey, we have bun gun and abs. Get those bun gun and abs uh, today for $5.99 challenge package. And that creates another excitement and another reason to talk about it. Some people might not imagine you have special packages. They might think you just have a challenge. And whenever someone has a reason to buy like a challenge and they're already excited, this just furthers their excitement and a sense of commitment to your challenge. Number nine, you want to have an internal tracking sheet to track interested challenge joiners and those who actually signed up. So this could be as simple as a Google spreadsheet, but I definitely wouldn't use a piece of paper. (laughs) Well, it's definitely likely you'll lose it and then you'll forget who signed up for the challenge and who paid you. So I I think something like a Google Sheet, you put down one column could be called in, was interested in the challenge or referred by someone. Number The column two could be sat down with them, interested, will get back to me. Column three can be signed up. Column four could be upgraded to a premium package. And then additional columns could be uh, RSVP to the launch challenge workshop. Number five, I think it's five or six, could be, you know, RSVP to the post-challenge celebration event. So there's different things that you're going to want to track your challengers for. And if you don't have a contact management software or some sort, that's okay. A spreadsheet is just as good at Google Spreadsheet free, robust, accessible on your phone and allows you to track who's who's in your challenge and who paid. You can also put a comment, uh, right, I'll call them paid or paid in full, got a discount. Okay, and then number 10, you might have heard of me just mention it. It's the end of challenge event. So flex those bonds, guns and abs challenge finale. And that's really important. I kind of debated like, should I put that in, should I, is that a bare minimum need? And I concluded that it is because anything less would feel like a, a nothing challenge. Almost like why even put it on? So if you want to keep it really simple, just tell everyone to meet at a local, you know, bar or restaurant and everyone pays their own thing and, you know, that's it. But if you want to keep it in the club, you can then, you know, ha- cook some food, just order a few catered foods or just have snacks and chips and carrots, get a vegetable platter and, but
But the big thing here is is take photos and have everyone pose and make it just a fun night. So do you can do it however you want. The point is, is there's social interaction and you get to praise people and help people feel good about what they they accomplished. And then they get to look forward to it at the end of their 14 days or 21 days of focus work. So a few thoughts about this bare minimum challenge. So, so I, just to conclude, those 10 things are the bare minimum things you should have in your bare minimum challenge in, in any challenge. And some of them, ah, okay, you can probably do a little bit less than what I mentioned, like how I gave you an example of just having, you know, you can just do a, all right, post challenge event, we're all going to show up at John's bar or something, if that's appropriate for your team, uh, for your challengers or, you know, a Japanese restaurant. And then I talked about the premium challenge offering. And, you know, so you could probably just have one, like you don't have to do as much as I mentioned. But I think starting there isn't too hard. And you could get most of that done in maybe over the course of two weeks. Um, you take about an hour and a half every day. So the issue and challenge with this is that there's excitement, there's group energy, there's some guidance. But it's not set up to expect for you as a coach to coach them one-on-one, check on their progress, give them feedback, do one-on-one touch points. And maybe you can sell that so that you can still offer it and know that you can be compensated for your time. Because you're not going to get like a ton of money from the challenge, depending on how you set it up. And we'll go over the actual, we went over the price points in the other episode about if the challenge is right for you. But I can understand if you don't want to do a lot of one-on-one touch points. There's not a lot of time in in the day in your coaching classes or coaching the, the clients. Just know that if you don't do that one-on-one coaching, you have less opportunity to sell and upgrade them to a premium package. And you really can. I mean, you're leaving a lot of money on the table if you're not doing that. So I highly recommend it, and that would bring you over to a hands-on challenge. But if you can't, it's okay. And instead, you're going to use a couple of things I mentioned to keep the energy alive, which is the public poster, the, the launch workshop, and the end of challenge celebration. All right, so I hope you feel excited about knowing all the main components of putting on a fitness challenge and starting to think, how can I put one on, inspire my members, and hopefully get some more sales in the door. In the next episode, I'm going to talk about putting on a hands-on challenge, and I'll also go more in-depth on choosing your theme, choosing the time length, some cautionary tips on what to do. And I've put on some challenges that were not that great. I'm going to be honest. So I'm going to give you some of my hard knocks stories so you can avoid them and you can make sure you have an awesome theme. All right. It was awesome hanging out and I can't wait to hang out next time. Have a great day and go out there and change lives with your fitness coaching. Talk to you soon. thanks for listening. Your clients will join because they're interested in your offer, but they will stay because of how much connection they feel with you and the group. So to make your semi-private sticky, do a 10-minute chat 
after the session on a specific topic or as an accountability session. Make sure to call out each person so they have a clear chance to speak and get support and feedback. This is perfect during this current crazy situation where we can't socialize and we don't get that human connection. Giving them this opportunity to socialize will definitely make your clients want to keep coming back. Oh, I have three freebies. Number one, get your full edited transcription with bullet points of the key lessons from today's show on our website, fitnesssecrets.co. That's fitnesssecrets with an S at the end, .co. While you're there, subscribe to our newsletter, which gets you access to our monthly freebie marketing and operations content that you can use for your own fitness business. Freebie number two. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe to the show in your podcast player by hitting the subscribe button. Since the show happens because of listeners like you, could you also leave a review? If you email us your review at support at fitnessecrets.co, you'll receive a complimentary one-hour coaching call with me and a $150 credit towards the first challenge that we will be releasing soon. Finally, freebie number three. We started the Fitness Secrets Facebook group. I know thinking and designing of new marketing campaigns, planning out your operations each month for your fitness clients is exhausting. Our goal is for the group to help you plan out your marketing, plan out your operations so you can get more clients efficiently. To join, go to facebook.com and search Fitness Business Secrets. Thanks so much for listening. I can't wait to talk to you in the next episode.